Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. And I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. There's been a lot happening out there in the general nerd entertainment spaces out there. I mean, for once, this is the first time since, like, 2020, if not earlier, that there are, like, three or four movies showing in the theater that I kind of want to see. So that's just a new experience for me entirely. But how you been doing, Victoria? I've been doing okay. I totally second that. I feel like I've had to wrap my mind around theaters again. I know that we've been talking about it on the podcast for... I feel like years at this point, again, time is weird, but it still felt like a very kind of like this, this isn't a thing that I have to deal with. Sure. The movie theaters (laughs) are doing stuff, but like, I'm not going to go to a theater. Um, And then I've gone to a theater twice in like the last six, seven months. And you're right. There's a couple of things coming out that I'm like, I might be willing to spend theater money on that. And that feels really weird. Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing Creed 3, which our very own Mikkel and many other people have told me specifically that I would love to see. Because I love that franchise. Creed 1 was like a transformative experience for me when they were riding the motorbikes down the street and Meek Mill was playing in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm not even from Philly, but I just love that, <laughs> right? Um, outside of that, I also still need to see Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Mm-hmm. And then I also just like for kicks and giggles really want to see cocaine there oh like, i just goodness. feel like i just want to go to a movie theater in a specific state of mind and just experience that sure i <laughs> will not yuck anybody's yum um also don't have your yum be drugs children drugs drugs are bad okay <laughs> Yes, children. I'm sorry. I'm bad. Uh, so I don't know if you were in on Mikkel and I's last uh, recording, but apparently, due part due in part to the success of Cocaine Bear, they're doing a a meth alligator movie. See, I saw a bunch <laughs> of memes about a cocaine shark movie, and I thought that was just a joke. But this is a yeah, real. Oh, no, no, it's a it's a real. It was one of my my Mad Libs the last time that I recorded with Mikkel. Meth alligator. Real thing. Any idea if that's also based on a real story? It is. Which, having lived in Florida, does not surprise me. That feels very accurate. Florida, you know, this seemed like a wild concept to me until you say Florida. Then I'm like, you know, (laughs) alligators, Florida, that all tracks. So yeah, it's probably happened a few times. Like people probably going, which meth alligator? Yeah, I was, (laughs) I was going back and forth on whether or not it was going to be an alligator or a python, um, but it was in fact an alligator. (laughs) Oh, Florida and all the Italian (laughs) life. That's why I have I have family there, and I haven't gone back in a decade, primarily because I like I hate walking down the street hearing a rustle in the bushes when a lizard pops out. It's just not, and it happens every block. It is yeah. not my seeds, personally. But more power to y'all there going <laughs> up. Victoria's got some cool stuff to talk about in segment one. What you got for us, Victoria? Yeah, so this goes into our general streaming wars thing for me, in that every so often. Apple Plus especially will put something out that I'm like, ah, 
maybe I need <laughs> to pay for Apple Plus. It's it's never like a full lineup, right? Like there are often full months of Netflix where I'm like, there are five or six things that I know for sure that I want to watch. And Apple Plus is like, there's this one thing. Um, <laughs> and in that vein, there's this one thing. It came out yesterday and it's called Extrapolations. And it's a very Victoria show in that it's like, hey, do you want to reach deep inside your soul and just like sucker punch that climate dread part of yourself? Have we got a show for you? This is an anthology series created by Scott Z. Burns. Scott Z. Burns also worked on An Inconvenient Truth, uh, which is... I guess a documentary? I'll go with a documentary. It's the Al Gore thing. People feel a lot of ways about Al Gore, but it does in fact talk a lot about climate change and was a spark for a lot of the different climate change movements. And so this series is about showing the actual impact of climate change. And I know the last time that I was on here, I was talking about ah, dystopias and like the fact that we have so much dystopian media means that we are kind of socializing ourselves to think that that is our only future and maybe we should be more hopeful. I do still think that. I also appreciate that in this particular dystopia, it is not as much of a suspension of disbelief, right? So it's not like there's some crazy um, virus that is turning people into zombies dystopia, right? It is like, no, this is, this is just exactly the name of the show, right? This is the extrapolation of if we continue our current behavior, this is what it looks like. So there's no supernatural, there's no... Um, there's none of this, like, extra... It, it's not an outside impact that's happening. It's just the consequences of our collective behavior as humans. And I think that that idea is interesting and necessary. Um, and so one of the things that comes up in the trailer a lot is people going to church in, in, we would call them gators, um, in rain boots, because the church has inches of standing water in it because of sea level rise, right? And so it's just little things like that of like, no, this is going to impact your everyday life. And it might not mean that, you know, you yourself are in this state of crisis, but like, you might have to go to worship in rain boots because there's standing water in the church or the temple or the mosque, right? Um, and so I think it's a really cool idea. It also has a really incredible cast. So man, I want to list all of these. Yeah, I'm going to do quite a few of them. So we've got Meryl Streep, Sienna Miller, Kit Harrington, Edward Norton, Diane Lane, David Diggs, uh, Yara Shahidi, Gemma Chan, uh, Carrie Russell, Toby Maguire, and Gaz Choudhury. Like, it is an incredible cast. That is not the entire list. It might be worth a little bit of Apple Plus. 
I don't know, but it looks cool. <laughs> a few thoughts came to mind here. First of all, like if we recorded video for this podcast, people would have seen my reaction with every name. <laughs> That's a stack cast. Mm-hmm. This seems like the kind of dope show that like the cool teacher would show their mm. students to say like, hey, you learn and it's entertaining, which I, like, I think is great kind of content that we need. And this is scary, but I mean, it's realistic. But And last thought that I have on this one right now is that, of course, it would be a really cool show about climate change that gets you to consider Apple TV+, Plus, <laughs> despite all the other good programming there besides Ted Lasso, which Mikel and I talk about at nauseum, or Mythic Quest, which is also a very good show yes. in the nerdy realm, or even Shrinking, which I haven't seen yet. But from what I've told and who's attached to it, I'm very certain that when I watch it, I'm going to at least like it, if not love it. So it's a lot. There's good content there. I'm not talking about Jason Momoa can't see show. <laughs> But like other stuff, you know? So I mean, but like again, this is on brand and the way they get you in is they make a good show and they say, All right, well, you already got like three weeks left in subscription because you watched that all mm-hmm. that show. Check out our other stuff mm-hmm. and then they get you hooked, right? So just be careful of that. Okay, to be fair, Mythic Quest is on the list of shows that is like, is Apple Plus worth it? Maybe. Mythic Quest and Central Park are both on that list. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because other them jewelry is in Central Park, mm-hmm. right? I'll just keep ran- and Ivy did. I'll yep. just keep seeing random clips on my TikTok of like dope animated musical scenes with their voices. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm yes. gonna watch this show one day because I just need to set time aside. <laughs> once I start, I know I'm gonna watch the entire. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I get where you're coming from. Uh, but yeah, so climate dread, um, but also realism, and also you can be that cool teacher and maybe get Apple Plus and be opened up to a new realm of things. And with that, we should take a break and come back with Oscar recap. And we are back. And depending on when you're hearing this, the Oscars were either recently or a couple weeks ago and all that. But it was a very big moment when it comes to entertainment because it was a culmination of a lot of things. And when it comes to the entertainment industry, movies specifically, it kind of feels like that's a calendar date where everything is kind of centered around. Like, studios even release their films specifically with the mindset of, if we release it at this time, it qualifies for the Oscars for this year versus next year, right? But this year was especially interesting because while divisive at certain points in time, as these kind of events always are, there were indeed some big moments we're highlighting either way so just start off at the top of the like inverted pyramid here let's go through the top big four categories and in that case we have the categories of best picture which went to everything everywhere all at once which beat out competition like elvis avatar the way of water top gun maverick which is i think was just only there as a nod to saving the film industry and the box office and all that stuff and a couple other good movies too um next up we got well actually no everything everywhere all at once just some backstory on that film. I actually personally had not seen it until Mikkel actually hosted a live watch for it in the Discord for Black Nerd Problems, which again, if you're out there listening and you're not a part of that Discord, check it out. It's a great community full of like dope nerdy folks. So we watched that in there are two periods of my life now. There are periods of my life before everything, everywhere, all at once, and the period of my life which we are now, which is afterwards, because I was transformed by that movie. It is definitely like if you haven't seen it yet and haven't seen any depressed for it somehow, it's a really cool movie that 
explores the multiverse and a bunch of different avenues comes to that but it also does a really good job when it comes to asian asian american representation and all the cast involved in that which leads me on to the next topics here we have the awards for actually i'm gonna skip one because that would be weird actor in a supporting role and we have the winner being ki hui kwan who won for his role in that film which was there's a trend in the three big acting nominees in particular right now because in these like everyone that won one of the major final awards seemed like someone who was long overdue to get their flowers for a variety of reasons kiyo kwan is one of those people for those who aren't familiar he is someone who had a very big acting career when he was young it started off when he was just a student at a i think a middle school at that point and somebody came by to try and cast for the next indiana jones movie which is temple of doom and he was quite he was cast to be in that movie he was the cute little kid in the baseball cap that you see and then he also went on being goonies which is been like a foundational film for a lot of people of a certain age fun fact i still haven't seen it myself but still Whoa. it's that for oh. a lot of people just gonna drop that in there okay all right yeah keep going that's <laughs> fine continue please it's a it's a nice statement mm-hmm. i mean i've seen like i've seen bits of it over the years where i get the concept i've never sat down and watched it all at once but yes mm. but in that movie but but afterwards kiyo kwan found himself in the dilemma of being an Asian actor living in the United States and Hollywood and could not get good roles for a while. So he started transitioning into other parts of working in Hollywood, whether it be being a stunt coordinator for different films, et cetera, et cetera. And then he actually almost gave up on the idea of being an actor in films. And then the film Crazy Rich Asians came out, which I love that movie and the book series. I probably read it like top to bottom once a year at this point, going on year three. But he saw that movie as a sign, okay, maybe Hollywood is ready for someone with me, like me and my talents. And then he got, this was his second role in that whole renaissance and everything. And his role was great. He won Best Actor. And the really sweet moment of many, he's been like just killing it as far as being wholesome and appreciative on the red carpet and on late night shows and stuff, was when he won the award for when, when actually the entire crew won the award for Best Film. Harrison Ford was there to present it, which was kind of a dead giveaway who was going to get the award in the first place. But then he went up and got to like re reunite with Harrison Ford because they've already done so a couple times now. And they got to like hug and embrace each other and like give a kiss on the cheek and stuff when this moment happened. And that just makes you feel good inside, right? And then next up, and this is the part where some of the like divisive issues come up. For the same film, Jamie Lee Curtis won for Best Supporting Actor in a Role. And the reason why I say this is divisive is because a lot of people feel that that war should have gone to Angela Bassett for her role as Ramonda in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And now I do understand that feeling, and I understand that emotion fully. I totally get where y'all are coming from on that 1,000% and everything. But unfortunately, that's just not how it played out, and I, it's not going to change. So for me personally, I'm look, focusing more on the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis has been doing this whole thing for like good 30, 40 years, and she's also deserving of accolades in her own right in that case. And unfortunately, in this case, I don't think we should frame it in the sense that it came at the expense of Angela Bassett, even though like on paper, that's definitely what happened because she deserves her flowers in her own right. So that's kind of where some of the device of this came from the Oscars this year as far as award go and next up when it comes to best actor in a film we have brendan frazier winning for his role in the whale and that is just a whole different like deep 
issue that hits a lot of people in their hearts for the Renaissance because when you start to find out more about Brendan Fraser's story about why he wasn't as active in Hollywood when it comes to his sexual assault incident with the person who was the president of the organization that runs the Golden Globes and his divorce and a number of reasons, situations that came out where he was kind of in and out of Hollywood and then to see for the past like year essentially when this film first debuted at the film festival circuit and got so much reception from so many people that it's like you know what like you just seem like a really good person you deserve like this seems like something that you deserve is long overdue so i'm happy for you so seeing pictures of brendan fraser jamie lee curtis michelle yo who won best actress in a film for her great role again in everything ever all at once which for her is also because fun fact that was her first time as the lead actress in a u.s made film which is ridiculous if you think about how long she's been asking, how well she's been asking, but that was the case then. And if I'm wrong, please fact check me, but I saw that headline going around for a while. Uh, so glad she got her flowers there as well. Her first lead role, which, yeah, like that I, should not have been a thing, but also the first win for an Asian in that category, correct? An Asian or yeah, Asian American absolutely. in Actually, that category? Yes, and I believe mm-hmm. also only the second person of color to win that category, mm-hmm. the first being Halle Berry yep. years ago. So, like, think about all the years that award's been given out, and it's like, whoa, what's going on mm-hmm. So that's super wonderful for her. I'm glad that she got those flowers. That means that yesterday's price ain't today's price. <laughs> Whenever she gets cast for anything going forward, it's like, excuse me, do you see that gold trophy off my shoulder in the Zoom meeting? Yeah, go ahead and throw another whatever figure of money on top. I want that for all of these people. That is fantastic and cannot be taken away from them. As far as other Oscar news goes, and I'll pivot Victoria because I know you have your own takeaways from the Oscars. We had other great news from the Asian diaspora. We got to see that Triple R was not only the very first film from Indian production companies to be nominated for Best Original Song with Natu Natu, but it also won the award. And for those who don't know what Natu Natu is by name, if you watch the movie Triple R, that was that super dope dance scene that they had in the film when the two main characters were like coming to crash the party and stuff. Like, I feel like I've done a disservice because there's a couple people in my lives who, when I was trying to sell them on the movie, I showed them two scenes. I showed them the bridge scene and I showed them that scene, which I'm not realizing might be the highlights of the film. (laughs) So if they go back to watch it, they might be sorely disappointed. But, like, that that scene is fantastic. I've watched it a good 15 times myself, so I'm very glad to see that they not only got to win that award, but got to perform a rendition of it live on television at the Oscars, which I think only just helped further promote it and get more people to pay attention to it and everything. So, yeah, a lot of things happened at the Oscars this year, but that's not even half of it. So, Victoria, do you have any thoughts on the things I just listed, or do you want to dive straight into what you got? Um. So, as as we all know, Victoria is not an awards person just in general (laughs) there are a lot of reasons for that but it does mean that i consume most of my awards media in the aftermath through things like tiktok and instagram and in this case um as i have talked about before i follow a lot of historical costumers and things like that on YouTube. And so a few of them did reactions to the champagne carpet. You got beige carpet in your living room? Is that carpet? Is that, you can call that champagne. You have a champagne room now. I bet you didn't even know you had a champagne room. Talk about putting extra dollars on things. When you get ready to sell your place, you ain't got beige carpets. You got champagne carpets, all right? Yeah, apparently they put up a tent because of, like, inclement weather and stuff, and the tent was very, very orange. 
And so they didn't want to have a red carpet with the orange tent. And so they were trying to make this beach theme. I think the important part of this, other than the fact that it's just mildly entertaining that anyone cares, is that it does tend to show some of the kind of sexism that still goes on and how we consume celebrities uh, because for most of the folks who wore suits, it was like, cool, nice suit, nothing changed. And for those folks who were wearing dresses, that meant like, oh no, this doesn't work when you're not on a red carpet. It like washes you out or like the color blocking seems wrong or like, what are you doing? Because again, you're now basically modeling in your best friend's living room (laughs) instead of (laughs) this like, you know, opulent red carpet type thing. Uh, So I think that's an interesting way of like that one simple change really highlights how we consume, visually consume uh, celebrities. But also, as far as the actual awards, I think that Everything Everywhere All at Once sweeping is amazing for a number of reasons. And representation is representation, right? Like, I think that that is great. Um Of course, here at Black Nerd Problems, we do a lot of kind of black media, but we all melanated out here. Like, that is, we all rise together, right? So I think that that is absolutely amazing. And yes, this movie is incredible. Definitely see it. Maybe not alone. Um, And maybe with a lot of whatever makes you feel safe. Have that, if that's ice cream, if that's squishmallows, whatever that is, make sure you got it close (laughs) when you watch this movie. Um, But I think the other thing that stood out to me, yes, there was a lot of back and forth about Angela Bassett versus Jamie Lee Curtis. I think that makes sense. They both had amazing performances and they both deserved this thing that can only go to one person, right? Obviously there are going to be two sides on that. The thing that really stood out to me and that I think is really upsetting is the backlash that Angela Bassett got Mm -hmm. for her reaction, which was disappointment. Because she was disappointed, because this is an amazing thing, and she didn't get it, which is the natural human response. And because she was not in that moment able to immediately mask her feelings and perform for the little four-section camera and show immediate like pride and happiness for Jamie Lee Curtis, she was shamed and, and it was going around that she wasn't gracious, that she was a poor sport. That This woman did not do anything. She didn't storm out. She did not yell. She did not 
throw shade on in any way in person or on social media. She just looked sad and she was ripped apart online by how she was not acting appropriately. And I think that that is absolutely ridiculous. And I absolutely think that while it would have happened for other, for other folks, it would not have been nearly as bad if this were not a black woman. And that is highly problematic. I think that both of, both of these amazing actresses deserved the award. And both of them would have been devastated had they not gotten it. And I think it is okay for us to see that. And yeah, just tone policing, tone policing. Ugh, dislike. Those are my feelings. <laughs> I mean, I would say it perfectly. Couldn't say it better myself for sure. Like both were deserving, only one could win. And she did nothing wrong or disrespectful mm-hmm. at all. She just wasn't happy not win the award and speaking on about like people being weird about their like selective outrage for black women and stuff like that sierra got way too much heat <gasps> yes she addressed in the vanity fair after uh, party that was the theme of sheer, uh-huh. like, uh, to w- everybody that went to that after party wore sheer dresses and, yes. and all that stuff like what's wrong with y'all mm-hmm. Oy. Mm-hmm. But yes it's what it is, what it is. uh so don't tone police in general um but if you know that you have a tendency to do that just double check that your tone policing isn't directly related. Like, does your tone policing go up as the melanation increases? Maybe you should check yourself a little bit. Also, just don't tone police people. Uh, okay. Uh, with that, let us move on to our patented, not really patented lightning round. We cannot get through everything every week, especially on awards week. So here are some other things that are coming up. We just had an ocean of updates about reboots, remakes, and sequels. Uh, but y'all know how I feel about that. So here are some actually new things that are coming up. Joyride is a very grown-up comedy that follows a young woman traveling to China to find her birth mother and the group of friends that she couldn't do it without. This is from the team behind Crazy Rich Asians and stars Ashley Park, Sabrina Wu, Sherry Cola, and Stephanie Sue, who was also in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, those are the... And nominated. And nominated, yep. And those... <laughs> who are the main crew of this new movie and it looks really funny definitely r-rated know that going in but it looks really funny and these are all really great actresses so i'm excited to see that and it is coming to theaters july 7th so that will be fun uh allison hammond is going to replace matt lucas as one of the great british bake-off shows hosts and is going to finally bring some much needed melanin to the all the time cast so we've got two judges and two hosts and as far as i know this is going to be the first time on the official great british bake-off some of the spin-offs have had some uh darker complexioned folks but not the main show and so i'm super excited for that speaking of Melanation and representation, the incredible Cree Summer has joined the cast of Marvel's Ironheart. It's going to be a great show anyway, but Cree Summer is great and has been in many, many things. 
probably a part of your childhood you may or may not know <laughs> that Cree Summer is a part of your childhood, but she's incredible and so that's exciting news. And last but not least, Aron Sanchez, a celebrity chef, is doing a new show with his company Cocina and it is going to be like a restaurant kind of makeover renovation show in the style of like Restaurant Impossible um, and uh, Gordon Ramsay had one as well. But this one is, is called El Toque de Aron and it's focusing on Latin restaurants in the LA area and I am not 100% sure, but I do think that it is going to be in Spanish. At least big sections of it will be in Spanish. And so I'm super excited for that because that is a twist on this kind of trope that we have uh, that I think is really great and will give people a new idea about restaurants in their area that they may not have gone to without this. So that's super exciting. And while all of these are good things, unfortunately, we have to end with another moment of silence. Lance Reddick has passed away. Uh, you might know him from The Wire or any number of other really, really great shows. An amazing actor, an amazing human being. And he passed away, I believe, on the 16th. So just a moment of silence for that loss, which is definitely going to be felt. And with that, if you want to hear more from the Black Nerd Problems News Network, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture updates. I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. And I'm your host, Keith Ree Cleveland. Remember to comment, like, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have a good one, folks.